Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We need to change our perspective, our perception of what is happening and just feel that in your commitment to the highest frequency of life, that energy of creator source, you are always being guided to experience more love in your life. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your host, Gina, offering wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. This is Gina Cavalier and uh, this Liberated Healer podcast. And today I have a very special guest on. I call her my sister already in Australia, Rhiannon Hines. How are you doing? So good, Gina. Thank you so much for having me again. So anybody that wanted to go back and listen to the first episode, I would highly recommend that. We we considered that an activation podcast where, you know, the things that we were communicating was in support uh, through a lot of high vibrational guides and energetic work. And along with the book, The Keepers of the Light Codes, that was your first book. And so now you have your second book you're working on. So why don't we go into like where you are a little bit. I have a little bit of comments about how I went through with this and then kind of what you're doing next. And yeah, welcome. cool. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So what do you, what was, what are you working towards oh, right now? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Just sorry, Gina. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting, like, I, I didn't write for a while because the publishing process takes so long. And the channeling, like the Keepers of the Light Codes was really cleanly channeled. So what I mean by that is I really wanted to make sure that my channel was as clean as possible because I was told that it was a channel book. So every time I sat down to write, I was like really coming into my heart and ensuring that my mind was clear and open and and then it took me a long time to write that because it was such a channeled process. So, so then it took me a year to publish that. And now I'm writing again, but I'm writing in a really different way. And I'm writing on like turbo mode, like supercharged writing. And, and I feel what has happened is I've evolved, right, as we all do. And we're evolving so quickly at the moment that it feels like my book that I'm writing now is so, so different to, to the Keepers of the Light Codes and really supportive of that message, but also coming from a different 
from a different perspective where I'm allowing my own experiential processes to come through the message. So it's like a combination of channeling and, and my own writing. And I've just allowed the two to merge without separating them. Mm. And, and the reason that I've allowed this to happen is because in my teachings, in my energy work teachings, in my energy work training, I, I teach to my students there's like there's three stages, right, of, of the healer journey. There's the, and this is true of the channels journey as well. So it's like thinking that you are responsible for the healing, responsible for the energy, that you are a healer or you are, you are this like incredibly, incredibly powerful person and it's all coming from you, right? So it's like a very egoic state of being. And I always teach to come away from that where you're you're a channel, right? You're an open conduit and you give credit to the energies that flow from flow from beyond you as well as from within you. So I was doing that obviously as the channel of my previous book. I was like I had fully uh, given credit to, you know, the galactic beings, the the collective consciousness of energy that was coming through me as I wrote. And I had given credit to myself as well as a resonant being who was able to channel these energies. But now in this book, in my new book, it's like, okay, well, if I am a channel of galactic energies, if I am a conduit of these higher energies, then I am these energies in, in themselves. And I don't need to separate. I can just speak and write from my heart. And, and I know that it is my own voice it is the galactic voice it is the it is the voice of humanity and i don't need to separate that so there's been a big up leveling i suppose for me and it's a huge integration of of my channeled energies into my into my whole aspect and that's what this book is is coming where this new book is coming from i hope that makes sense <laughs> yeah no it's wonderful so i'm just putting this one here i know i have a light right okay so there's an, all these different, I think it's 26 or 27 different activations and I did them all and I, I actually recorded mine. So for the most part, not all of them needed recording. And I, that, I really liked the recording because then I could relax into it and then I could play it back. And then I also knew what was going to happen. So that was one of my recommendations for people that were picking it up. Um, and they they were so beautiful. There was a couple that were definitely my favorite. The one I, that is hands down my favorite was the seed in the heart, where you imagine mm -hmm. the, the the heart, a tree going out, growing out of your heart, and kind of going to the sky and things like that. And uh, I don't know why, but that one just really was really beautiful to me. So, and I definitely felt some energetic shifts in my life, big ones, and. You know, that always comes to me with some type of activation is like a growth period, I would call it. So I had to kind of batten down the hatches and kind of not take on too many other courses or activations at the same time, you know, because you it takes some time to integrate and to not overwhelm myself. So I did take some time to do that, but I really enjoyed it. And now you're saying that your first book, though, is almost like you're going to go back and you're going to go back a little bit and do a little bit of a deeper dive for people that maybe don't want like a full activation right now, or it's almost like you're writing the first, you wrote the first book and it's actually going to turn into be the second book. 
Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but I, so the, the book that I'm writing now is definitely going to reach and speak to more people at different stages of their journey. The Keepers of the Light Codes, it's an, it's an advanced activation in, in many ways. It doesn't have to be, but I feel that people will only resonate with the language when they're ready to receive it. Whereas the book that I'm writing now, I feel it can help everyone at every single stage. And that's just because I'm drawing from all the different experiences throughout my own awakening and bringing it all back into like a very, um, a very relatable and easy to understand. So I think what a lot of people are struggling with is a limitation of perception. And it doesn't matter where we are on our stage of journey, limitation of perception is keeping people stunted, whether they are like super evolved or like just starting to wake up. A limitation of perception is stopping everyone potentially from, from realizing how absolutely extraordinary they are. So this new book that I, I'm writing, it's really coming back to basics in in the mastery of perceptions and thoughts in the mind. But So that can be a really new concept for someone at the start of their journey. But what it's actually doing is for people like, like us and probably your listeners who are like very far along their spiritual path, it's, it's inviting the reflection of well, where, well, where am I still stuck in a, in a, in a limited paradigm? And it's lifting veils, lifting veils that we didn't know were there. So, so it's more accessible to people who aren't as advanced on their, on their, not as far along on their path, but it's going to be, I think, a little tweak, a little energy tweak for everybody. And it's really, I'm really enjoying writing it. Oh my God. That's wonderful. So, can you describe what like a veil might look like? Is a veil something that we self-create or is that an external energy or? Yeah. So a veil, a veil is, is everything, right? A veil is, a, it's an energetic, it's an energetic boundary. It's a boundary constructed by like an un- unconscious perception. It's a boundary constructed by your own vibrational resonance. So I'm going to give you an example, and this is an example I'm writing about. So in my, I have a really beautiful relationship right now, but my previous relationship, I also perceived as beautiful. I was really having a great time in life. Like I was really happy, really happy. And I was very evolving, very quick, really tapping into my, my very, my very (laughs) intense ability to channel. I was just really enjoying life and really enjoying my spiritual connection. And I had chosen the man that I was with because he was grounded, he was abundant, he was focused and he was driven. And I had always decided that I would choose that man over a a so-called spiritual man because I had perceived that spiritual man were not grounded, were not abundant, and were not driven. So I, mm. this was a complete unconscious story that I was holding, right? So I was choosing this man 
who had no connection to himself, no connection to his heart, and therefore no true connection to me. I was choosing that man because I didn't believe that a man could be what I wanted. I didn't believe that the man that I needed existed, right? So I was living in this reality where I was happy, I was connected to source, I felt expansive, I felt alive. And only now that I have lifted the veil on what was there, can I see that there was a veil. So that's the interesting thing about veils. <laughs> we don't know that they're there until they lift. But Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> that was a really good but analogy, the- that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. I I I feel that the the quickest way to 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 see if there is a veil there is to ask the question. Is there like so for me then is there a man is there a man that's connected to his his heart and connected to his vision and his mission and and abundant and grounded. Is there that man? And I did start to ask that question at that time in my life. So when you ask a really expansive, inquisitive question to source, source shows you the answer and the veil lifts. And that's what happened. I met a man in Bali. (laughs) I met a man in Bali while I was still in the old relationship and then I was like, boom, oh, my gosh, he's grounded. He's got drive. He's connected. He sees me. And then the whole paradigm shattered. That's wonderful. And I love that you are talking about that you can kind of ask source these big questions and put it out there. And you might get an answer right right away, right? Or you might get an answer, like, kind of way down the road or... <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when the answer comes, does it? It's like, so if we have to ask the question from a place of neutrality for the answer Mm -hmm. to show up. So when we ask from like a really inquisitive place of neutrality, the answer will come very quickly. The answer will come very quickly. And if you ask from a place of like, why me, desperation, victim, the, the lesson will be shown to you in a more in a more intense way. It will show you how to find the joy in what you're experiencing. It will show you how to to have an expansive experience within the within your current paradigm. But if you ask questions from an expansive, a neutral, a neutral energy, then the answer comes in an expansive way. If that makes sense, it makes perfect sense. I love it. I, I haven't used that word in a while. <laughs> is neutral because as I was, you know, a lot of people know that listen to me and know me that, you know, I've gone through like a big shift in the last couple months. And when you said that word neutral, it's, you know, that's going to, especially if you're going through a dark night of the soul or, you know, going through the winter, the winter stuff, I call it, you know, that word neutral. I just, as soon as you said that, it just like stuck on me, like being neutral. Mm. Because it's very easy to, uh, you know, what question you kind of want and you're like, I'm going to get that right. You know, and that's not being neutral. (laughs) Yeah. It's like we can, if when we create and ask questions from neutrality, we become so powerful because we drop all attachment and expectation. And 
you know, we can still be suffering and feeling our emotions and in a dark night of our soul and still hold neutrality and non-judgmental non perspective of our experience. And it's like it helps us to move through that experience with more grace and more ease when we can, when we can both be in it and observing it from a space of neutrality at the same time. Well, I don't want to get too much into your personal business, but I, I do have a couple of questions about your new relationship then. Is yeah. he somebody that is uh, doing spiritual path work or he does it on his own or, you know? Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's an amazing man. So, so when I met him, I was still with the old guy and, uh, and I went to Bali with my mom and we met, I met him at a place in Ubud, called the yoga barn it's a really famous yoga studio in bali so i met him at the yoga barn and i saw this man who was like had this most beautiful yoga practice and i was like holy moly like he looked so sexy and then i was like and he does yoga wow but you know that doesn't mean anything but then we were talking and there was just downpourings, downpourings of energy and synchronicities as he was telling me what he was doing in his life. Even just, we were both watching this show. I don't know if you know, a guy called Greg Braden. We were both watching this show called Missing Links and just like so many synchronicities. And the beautiful thing about Scott is like, he's a really tapped in spiritual man in disguise. Like, you know, he's just... Yeah such a dude he is such a dude and um, but he just gets it he just gets it he's always trying to he's always trying to you know observe his emotions observe his thoughts he's a really powerful creator like he knows how to hold a vision without attachment he's he's just awesome and there's no fluff or pretense about him you know he's just he's just a grounded dude he's exactly what I wanted and, you know, the universe showed him to me to, to reveal that, that that man does exist. <laughs> Everything exists. Yeah. And you, you probably wouldn't have been able to write these books, even though you were, ha you know, quote unquote happy, but it you probably wouldn't have been able to grow into this next phase without, with that other partner. So you probably would have just made you sit into that energy is am I correct about that? Yeah. Well, since I met Scott, I have changed so much because we only met four and a half years ago. So okay. we met, I very quickly broke up with the old old guy, and <laughs> then five weeks later I was pregnant. And uh, <gasps> I don't know if I told you that. Five weeks later I was pregnant and I was like, what? I did not want to be pregnant and I had to fully surrender. And I, I knew that the love that was there meant that this baby wanted to come through. So I fully just surrendered. So yeah, like five weeks later, I was pregnant a year and a half later married. So we've been together four and a half years and our oldest is nearly four. She's four in April. And then we have an 18 month old and I have had to die so quickly in that time the person that I was had to die. I had to surrender. I had to trust. And in that I have experienced such an upgrade so quickly that there is no way 
that four and a half years ago, I would have been where I needed to be to write these, to write these texts. No way. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting like just ting, tingles and chills everywhere because that's my sign for like, people need to hear things like that because there's so much text and information out there and so many programs. And a lot of times they just want to know, you know, is this, this hard work going to, you know, they need hope. Is this hard work going to turn it around? Is it going to think that's why these stories are really important because they, when you can look at someone who's really living it, then you can, you can say, yes, then I know that that can help that can come into fruition, you know? And then you said that you had to die. A part of you had to die. So what, I mean, that obviously means that part of that was really painful, right? Like you had to go through the grieving, grieving, you know, with death comes this rebirth, right? That you, you need the death to get to the rebirth, but you're going to have to go through grieving. You're going to have to go through things, right? Yeah, it was painful, but, but it's funny because I felt so supported in it. Like I remember, (laughs) there's actually another twist to this story. So when I was in Bali and I had just met this dude with my mom and he was so cool. And then my dad and my ex were actually coming to meet my mom and I in Bali. And my ex had, you know, coming with my dad, he had asked him if he could propose and he was coming to Bali with a ring, right? Oh my goodness. um, Yeah. So this is when I really, this was a big moment for me, a big turning point in my trust of my channeling because I locked myself away for a day. I was in so much confusion and so much pain. Like, and I said, please just tell me, tell me, like, am I meant to be with Scott? Scott's my husband's name. Am I meant to be with Scott? And everything in my body was like, just trust, just jump into the unknown, just trust. And it was like, what had to die was the part of me that was so happy in my comfortability. Like it's really easy to make change from a place of pain. It's really hard to make change from a place of happiness and a place of contentment in full trust that something better is coming. And that's where I had to have this big lesson. So what had to die was like my comfort, my, my satisfaction with where I was at. Like everything was good. And I just had to trust that I had been presented this man and this energy that felt like electric. It felt expansive. My vision for the future with him felt like huge, but it didn't feel certain. I was like, this could be a relationship that lasts a year and it all falls away. And then something said, well, that would be enough. Like that would be enough. So yeah, I had to tell the ex to leave. I broke up with him. But it's funny because as I was breaking up with him and his heart was breaking and I could see the pain that I was causing and I was crying and he was crying. And then I remember laughing, right? Like as I was breaking up with him, I laughed and he was like, what, why are you laughing at me? I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm so sorry. And I was crying. But what was laughing was this feeling of, of freedom, (laughs) this feeling of like complete alignment as I was doing something that was so supportive of where I needed to go. And it was almost like the energy of my expanded post breakup self was laughing as I was grieving. So so yes, it was a death, but it wasn't that painful because I was being so held from that, that neutral observer, that neutral observer was like holding me and witnessing the whole thing. And it's like, 
when that is present, we can be grieving and crying and like falling apart. But there's this energy that holds us, that suspends us in neutrality, that makes the death feel beautiful. I thought, I think you said something really neat too. It's hard to make change when you're happy. It's easier to make mm. it from pain. So that's really interesting because I'm sure a lot of people in that comfortability, happy means comfortability in a way, right? So it's like, yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah, it's not that exciting as, you know, but hey, you know, I could stay here for, you know, another 70 years or whatever it is. Um, but because the thought of making a change is so scary, you know, and they, nobody wants to go through pain. It's like that. I think that's what happened even with the pandemic, with the COVID. I mean, the fear of getting a virus at that level, you know, is that the, it was the thought of getting the pain and the fear and having to deal mm-hmm. with that. It's still the same thing even in relationships. It's like, oh my God, do I want to go through and break up, you know, go through a heartbreak right now? So I think that was really interesting too. I've never really heard it put that way where it's hard to make change when you're happy. Yeah, Yeah. it is so hard. And that's the veil, right? Like that our perception of what happiness is, our perception of what love is. We can live in a reality where we are experiencing love to its fullest degree. And until we ask the question, is this really love, that expansive question from a place of neutrality, is this, can I experience more love than this? And when you open your heart to ask a question like this, the answer is always yes. And you will be shown how you can experience more love. It could be in your current relationship. It could be in a whole new relationship, but you will be shown and then the veil will lift and you will be seen that you were living in a restricted, limited version of what love is before. And that's, that's, gosh, I can't believe we did full circle on the veil. See, we always like to get in sync with each other. Uh, That seems to be what we're meant to talk about today. And I think that's where people really are struggling the most. This is why this is such an important topic. These veils that, and then what about the, the guy that was really heartbroken? So he obviously had to go through heartbreak, but could he be, could Obviously, you weren't the right person for him either, right? So he probably was, I mean, you had your own experience where you got to kind of laugh through it and see some freedom and see your future. What do you think, you know, you know, he obviously had a harder time, but do you think that he also, you also weren't right for him too? So what I'm trying to get at is that this was better for both people or? Yeah, Always. What is, I always, I always believe that I, the, the divine orchestration of all things is so perfect that there can't be something wrong for one person that's right for another and vice versa. It's always perfect for everybody. And I feel that for him, it was this beautiful opening to dive into his own journey, to dive into his own hurts and to start to heal. But mm-hmm. he like definitely lives in a cycle he definitely lives in cycles of pain and repeating the same sort of processes with different relationships. And yeah, I don't know what experience he's having now, but I know that he as a person hasn't changed very mm-hmm. much. That makes sense. And, this is- yeah. And when, yeah. And when we don't, 
can take the lessons from from the from the experiences we will keep calling in the same painful experiences so can you repeat, can you repeat that again You know, we're, we're, we're given these experiences. Is it good now? Yeah, go ahead. So we're given these experiences in life to, to, to heal and to expand. And if we don't take the lesson from the experience and receive that healing and that expansion, then we will keep calling in the exact same experience to receive the exact same lesson. Ah, deep breath, everybody. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> so yeah, awareness. Okay. Well, that was really fascinating about veils. I'm glad we went down that road. I think this is, that was something. Is there another topic that you would like to touch base on that you're kind of hitting on with the new book? Yeah. Yeah. So this, this intertwines with the message from the Keepers of the Light Codes as well, right? So we need to also change our perspective of our experiences, right? So if, if what I've just said has made you think, gosh, I'm living within a veil, or gosh, I'm repeating the same cycle, then in that perception of your reality, you are making it so, Right? So when you start to consciously up-level the perception of your experience, your experience will change to meet your perceptions. So what I'm saying is, if you think, oh, I'm probably not experiencing love to its fullest degree, I, my relationship is love in a limited form, then these are commands to the the commands to the creator, commands to source that are making it so. If you breathe into your heart and you say, you feel, you perceive, I am experiencing love in its fullest degree right now. I am experiencing love in its fullest degree right now. And if you keep emanating that as a vibration, holding that in your mind as a perception, your reality will shape to meet you. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when we talk of veils, don't wonder if you're living in a veil. Don't wonder if you're experiencing limited perception of love, right? Ask yourself, can I experience more love? Let me experience it now. I'm experiencing love to its fullest capacity. And if you keep raising your energy and your perceptions for that to be so, then that will become so. And uh, the same is true of our intuition. I hear this all the time, like, oh, you know, I'm becoming more intuitive. I'm learning how to become more intuitive. I'm learning how to trust my intuition or, you know, I w- soon I hope that I can be really intuitive. It's like I am the fullest expression of my intuitive knowing. Like I always trust my intuition. I always have these razor sharp, like, guidance yeah, set of guidances from my internal and external worlds. And if you start just really changing your perception of who you are and your experiences, then then everything changes very, very quickly. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you don't want people all of a sudden be like, am I in a veil? Am I in a veil? Because now it becomes another fear thing. 
And because the reason is, is that what I'm getting is that you had one set of circumstances, right? But this person, these other, say, for example, if you just kind of go into the energy of love and can experience more love, maybe your partner also evolves with you up, you know? So exactly. it doesn't mean you have to like, go get another one is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, so take that off the table and the fear, but you said like, yeah, that trust and intuition, let it, you don't know exactly, exactly what it is, but if you trust, it'll be shown to you and just elevate the energy to the highest form of love around you. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we, yeah, like to experience more love, love in its fullest degree, really the only thing that needs to change is you right now, your energy, right? You don't need to run out, as you say, change your relationship. (laughs) You just need to, any, we can all change our energy instantly, right? Just by coming into the heart, feeling that internal space of the heart, feeling gratitude, feeling expansiveness, feeling bliss, feeling the fullest expression of love. And then that will become an anchor point for your life. And then perhaps your partner will elevate to meet you in that. Perhaps the frequency of your home will transform to meet you in that. Or perhaps your physical partner, your physical home will transform to meet you in that. Because like energy has to be realm like energy, correct? Or it'll start to fall away or break apart. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like we we are the ones creating who what we are, the vibration that we hold. Our entire reality around us will always be trying to come into complete resonance and harmony with your frequency. So if, as we keep raising, raising our energy, the world around us will change. And it doesn't need to change physically, but it will change energetically. And sometimes that will lead to a physical change. Hmm. And so this is why some of that old like record playing programming in our mind, that's not healthy, that having awareness to that, like little pieces, like, you know, just talking down to yourself and stuff, catching yourself and saying, Hey, you know, stop talking, but that, you know, be your best friend, like stop talking shit about yourself. You're going to get stuck. Let's change this energy. Let's like imagine ourselves giving ourselves a big hug. You know, I'm just, you know, yeah. talking a little bit about, how, you know, how to change, because there's such programming in there of like the self-negative talk and, you know. Yeah. So that's the most natural program, right? Is is that which we've been conditioned into for through childhood and through our life? That is the frequency that we, that we are in and we attract all around us most naturally and unconsciously. Right. So if you've had a, a childhood where you be where you're spoken down to, you continue to speak down to yourself. That is the frequency that you're in. You continue to call into your field people that speak down to you, workplaces that feel very degrading. That is the frequency that you are in. And so that's what you most naturally and unconsciously create all around you. Mm. So that means there has to be a conscious shift. There has to be a conscious shift and this takes effort, but it is easy. And the only effort that you ever need to put in is the effort in this present moment, right? 
the only effort that you ever need to do is just right now, right now. And that is every thought, every thought that comes in, start to have awareness. There's a screening for every single thought. So this takes practice, but the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. So when you first wake up in the morning, the first thing you do, maybe you jump in the shower and there's like a cycle of unconscious thoughts as you're in the shower. Observe them because they are creating your entire vibration and therefore your entire existence. So when you first jump in the shower, it's like, I'm the full expression of love. I'm the fullest expression of my purpose here on planet Earth. And then you might feel a voice that comes in. No, you're not. And you say, yeah, yes, I am. I am, the fu- I am the fullest expression of love. And you um, just keep, you keep convincing yourself, right? Yeah. And then the more you do that, you change your vibration and then you, you pull yourself into a new, a new habitual state of being, which is higher and your life starts to change. But that is why some people never change. They always have the same experiences coming towards them because there is no conscious attempt to rewire the patterns of the mind and upgrade the vibration of the being. And most all of this, was that something we put into ourselves? Uh, you know, this is something that started very young for whatever reason. And, you know, our parents... Their parents did it to them. And it's a different time now. I mean, this is not anything that people were really talking about how to communicate with their kids, you know, in a way uh, that they're doing now, you know, that you probably are teaching your kids, you know. And so, but this is the most of the people that are out there right now (laughs) need this help, you know. Also, you know, when you look at a a lot of the teenagers or a little bit, you know, older into like the mid-20s, you know, they were the, the age of the social media. So you, you know, you can't, you do the negative self-talk through social media too. So you have to catch mm-hmm. yourself, correct? <clears throat> yeah, totally. Like this is what we need to teach everyone at a foundational level, because literally our minds and perceptions are controlling our vibration. Our vibration is creating our entire reality. So what most people do who have no awareness is they look at their external reality. They see something that they don't like. Then they feel like failure, like a loser, like they're not good enough, like their life's not good enough. And they lower their energy. They're trying Mm -hmm. to change their, you can't upgrade your environment by lowering your energy. You know, Mm. all you ever need to do is upgrade your thoughts and upgrade your energy. And then your whole life changes. But The crazy thing about this as well, as healers and people on the spiritual path, they would say that this is a form of bypass, right? Or like, you know, if you just keep upgrading your energy, what about, what about feeling and healing? But the interesting thing is like, the more we say and command our energy to be in love, like when you breathe into your heart every morning in the shower, I'm the fullest expression of love. In order for that to be truth in our body, all that is not in alignment with the full expression of love will arise instantly in a way that is beyond our control and we will have no choice but to feel and heal. It's the quickest way to heal. 
like most people think that, okay, I actually need to go on a healing journey to change my life. You just need to emanate love and the energy of being completely healed now. And you will instantly be made aware of anything that is not in that vibration. And you will instantly have to feel and heal and cry and release. And it is the quickest way to raise your vibration and come into wholeness is through your mind and your perceptions and those higher commands of your energy. (laughs) Oh, wow. Because I think before we got on to the podcast today, I had a big release and I went to the beach and I just, you know, cried for half an hour. And I knew it was because I was going to be talking to you today. You know, the co-creation of these type of conversations are elevating ourselves and then the people that listen to them. And it's just a fact. And so that's why I always appreciate your time. But, um, you know, again, I love this is what you're saying. You know, you just, because when people talk about all this healing, especially right now it's getting popular and there's all different things coming out. Right. And it, it does seem daunting, you know, and, and people are saying, why didn't I need to get this book and that book and buy that program and do this and do that. And all that's fine and good if it resonates with you. But like you said, you know, just start at the simplest part right here to raise your energy and that energy. When, when you're fully embodied in it, you're going to feel more healed. You're going to feel more love. You're going to emanate more love. When you're walking down the street, more love is going to come towards you. Yeah, exactly. And our our thoughts and our ideas of ourselves are our reality, right? So like, so it's so cool that so many people are diving into their healing. But if I, you know, every client that I ever hear that says, you know, I've got a long way to go. I've got a long way to go till I'm healed. That's like, you are saying, I have a long way to go until I'm healed. That is, you have just pushed your healing way into the future. You know, if you can just claim it now i am healed now i have seen all of my traumas now i feel all of my shadow self now and i'm transmuting it into my highest energy now i am fully in my light body i'm fully i'm fully anchored in a place of love now and then you will be able to feel anything that resists that you will be able to feel, you will feel like, like an instant purge when I come through. You'll feel like a coughing, like, uh, like a shaking that wants to come. And like all energy that is not in the truth of what you're commanding will have to leave your field. And if you do that enough, your healing is going to be the most rapid thing ever. And it's not saying you can't go do breath work. It's not saying you can't go to healers because all of this is so supportive. But in my healing sessions, like if someone is coming in, then I, you know, before they've come, I've raised my energy and whatever I know needs to be activated or anchored in that session, I command it. So now from that, from that energy of creation, I command it. So now, and then they come into the session and it's, it's, it's an unraveling of what has already taken place. And we can do that for ourselves now. Yes. And I think that's why I was coughing. <laughs> you caught, <laughs> you caught me coughing as you right. As you were saying, I'm like, I'm trying not to cough, <laughs> but now, but that's what I needed to do. And can we just go back to that dark night of the soul type thing? So you, you mentioned, I think you said something that, that that's a part of it too. Like, even if you're going through the dark night of the soul, 
I mean, yes, you can say, no, I'm, I'm love. I'm love. But like, what else can you do? Like through those hard times? Yeah. So when you say like, I'm love, I'm love, like it, it's not from a place of denial because love is, is everything, right? Love is the full tenderness and openness of your heart. Okay. So let's say, you know, you're, you're going through something huge, right? Something huge. Your life is crumbling before your eyes, right? And you feel this incredible burden at your heart. That's love. And then you go into the garden and take off your shoes and you look at the trees and you look at, you know, the sky and you just feel this incredible vulnerability, this incredible breakdown of your life that is happening from a space of divine love. That's the love. And then from that, you will cry, right? You will open, your heart will open. There will be a big release and it is all from love. And you feel that whole way through that you're, you're, you're holding more love and feeling more love than ever before as you cry and you release and you shared all that was not love in the past because that's what is crumbling away. What is crumbling away? All that was not love in your life. That is the release. That is the breakdown of, 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 of the dark night of the soul, right? It's only because you're you're holding more love. <laughs> Everything, all was, every all that was not love is leaving your space when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it hurts, and that's why you cry because, like, the love is the all that was not love is actually leaving your space. Yeah, all that was not love in your life. You know, the relationship that's breaking down, the the life that you thought that you were going to live that is leaving that. It was not anchored in the highest space of love. And, and that is why it is falling away. So as you cry, as you feel when you're in that dark night of the soul, you can be in love with that experience because you know that you are, everything is falling away so that you can hold more love. Mm. You know, so it's changing your perspective of your suffering. It's changing your perspective of, of your energy as you're grieving. Because, because as you cry and you grieve and you feel more love is being anchored into your body, more truth, more vulnerability, and it's beautiful. So as we're in our dark night of the soul, so as you cry and you feel that divine energy that you are being aligned to, you can almost laugh and enjoy the falling and falling away as painful as it is. And sometimes when it feels really dark and you're trying to raise up and feel the light and you don't feel anything, it's still there, correct? <laughs> it's just sometimes it just feels, if you're so buried in, in sorrow, I mean, it's a good, it's still, it's still surrounding you. Yeah. In my new, in my new book that I'm writing, I like this beautiful analogy came to me, right? And then it's like, the energy that supports us and guides us, the energy of creator source is always guiding us to thrive and to experience the most beautiful experience of this human life that we could ever imagine. So this energy, right, is the same energy that takes a seed and slowly without any effort blossoms it into this perfectly formed rose, 
right? There's this perfect energy that has guided the seed to turn into the perfectly formed rose. But then you could think, but what about the rose that that doesn't thrive, right? What about the rose that doesn't make it, that just kind of like, what, what, is just a bit of a flop. And then what happens is it crumbles, it goes back into the earth, and then perhaps the rose wasn't native to that soil. And then over the t- over time, weeds pop up and repair the land. And then over time, there's a whole, a whole bed of these wild flowers, right? So, so if you're struggling to feel the love and you're struggling to see that perfection, maybe you're at the stage of the failing rose. But keep allowing, keep allowing, keep allowing because you're in the death and you're not able to, it feels like a failure. But if you keep allowing the death, if you keep allowing that failed rose to crumble, and maybe you're at the stage where that there's a bed of weeds repairing the soil, it doesn't look too pretty. Just trust, keep trusting because what is about to follow is always more beautiful than you can ever plan for. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's always more beautiful than what you could ever hope for, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That was really amazing. I I always love connecting with you and chatting about this. And when you first said the word perspective about what it was a big thing about uh, your first book, uh, your next book, I really didn't understand exactly. And so... I got a, a different perspective of it now. So, <laughs> but changing that and bringing in the love a little bit more, seeing the veils, this is really all really great topics. And the Liberated Healer and all listeners, you know, we wish you well on your journey. And, you know, we thank you for all the work that you're doing with your clients and being a part of our channel. And, you know, the Keepers of the Light Code uh, is also available if you want to go through initiation. It's 26 different initiations and it's really beautifully written and channeled. And uh, I did the whole book and, you know, you can always, people can always ask me questions as well, like my experience and, uh, or I, you know, I'm happy to be a supportive partner or, you know, to talk about it. So is there anything you'd like to take us out on today, a meditation or anything? Thanks, Gina. Let me feel, no, I feel that. I feel that there was a lot of kind of deep, deep stuff that we spoke about today. Gosh, we always go so deep. It's so cool. I love <laughs> yeah. being on your show. Uh-huh. Yeah, another connection. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully we can do this again in another couple months and just keep going and, uh, you know, have these other, you know, I think whatever comes out is always something that people need right now. And I know that. So, um, yeah, it's great. It's so lovely to see your face. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Gina. Yeah, it's been really awesome to chat again. And where can people find your your books and your your information about you? Yeah, so so you can you can find the book, you can find the keepers of the light codes all the major online stores like Amazon and I'm not sure the one that you have in the States in Australia, it's like Booktopia. And if you want to train with me my energy wet training it's a modality called intuitive rebirth and it's like the uncovering of your own authentic innate power as a as an intuitive healer and an awesome set of practical skills to really empower you to get there 
So that's intuitiverebirth.com. Oh, wonderful. And this has been Gina Cavalier at the Liberated Healer Podcast. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye. Podcast.